outstanding leaders go out of their way to boost the self-esteem of their personnel. If people believe in themselves, it's amazing what they can accomplish. That is a quote by Sam Walton. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello. Welcome to episode 110. The topic of this week's episode is Practical Wisdoms for Sales and Leadership. My guest this week is Lynn Whitbeck. Lynn is the founder and CEO of Petite to Queen, and she helps the world by providing sales and leadership programs and tools to achieve more faster. Building on her successes and experiences in executive leadership roles, Lynn shares the lessons learned along her journey to supercharge your career. She teaches how to tap into the inner tigress, transform habits, unleash self-assurance, and emerge as a leader. Welcome, Lynn, to Trina Talk. Oh, Trina, I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you. Well, I am happy to have you. We connected on LinkedIn, and I feel like I know you because we've had some conversations back and forth. So I'm just so happy that you're on the show with me today. I know. I know. That's the wonderful thing about LinkedIn is it can be such an incredible way to connect, genuinely connect with people. But, you know, so many people do it wrong. I mean, let's like totally back. I won't say it wrong. I know what you mean, because that's how I feel, too. Yes, I know. But we're going to just talk about you today. And I'm, I was so excited to talk with you because I am a leader and I love leadership. And that's like your superpower, right? <laughs> leadership. And I just, you know, I'm looking at your your bio and you, you know, you help people provide sales and leadership um, to move faster, to grow faster and achieve their goals. And you were an executive in corporate. So tell me about yourself and what made you decide to start doing this on your <laughs> own? <laughs> yeah, so um, I, uh, a, a little bit about myself, I began my professional career in sales. And I believe that everyone should have sales training because sales is leadership. You learn everything you need to know to be an incredible leader through sales. Um so I'm a really, really firm believer in sales training for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're trying to sell yourself to get a new job or you're trying to sell your idea uh, to for a process improvement, you know, uh, to your boss. I mean, whatever it is, or a solution to the board that you want to invest in for the, the organization. So everyone is selling. In fact, heck, we sell to our kids about what they're going to have for dinner at night. <laughs> or to our significant other about what we're going to watch on Netflix. So, 
<laughs> so you're selling or negotiating all the time. And um, so about me and how I got into this. So I was uh, sort of at a turning point. A number of things occurred at the same time in my life. Um, so a startup I had been in, uh, the COO at was failing. Um, and my husband was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And uh, so I had this moment and my, our daughter was going to be going, becoming a senior in high school. And I also had my two nieces. One was in uh, graduate school and the other was an undergrad. So I sort of had these, all these things sort of happening, this convergence. And I took that moment um, after my two week pity party uh, to say, what do I want to be doing moving forward? And, you know, what is going to really fill my life with passion and, um, you know, be able to do something that matters. And that's when I decided to create um, my business, Petite to Queen. And we spent a year, you know, working on the book, um, putting everything together. Um, we also spent the year with my husband's health condition and, you know, really being becoming his advocate and being very aggressive on his treatment. So his original six months to one year diagnosis ended up three years. He lived for three years. And uh, so it was, uh, you know, really at, at some ways it was a really difficult time, but it was also a time for me to really refocus my energy um, and look forward Wow. Thank you for sharing that story with me and um, my condolences about your husband. But, you know, you were able to get more time with him. So that that's what matters. Yeah. Um, so just diving into that, you know, you were a COO for a company and all these things started happening. And it's nothing like having all hell to break loose in your <laughs> life. Right. To, <laughs> At the same make, time. Right. To make you say, OK. I, I got to do something differently. You know, and it always seems like it happens that way. But I'm looking at like petite, first of all, petite to queen. I love that name. Tell me how you came up with that. I love it. Well, you know, because I wanted a name to represent that I don't care if you have purple hair. I don't care where you worship. I don't care, you know, what you love or whom. It is all about you know, you as an individual, as a genuine person, and how do we celebrate all women and, uh, uh, and of course all people, but I especially wanted because of the three young, amazing women in my life, I wanted to be there to help women, uh, move forward. Um, instead of, you know, coming to the equation, uh, out of college and all the training we get, we still have been so trained to be quiet, to be polite and sit in the back seat. And we have to learn all new skills uh, to be successful in the workplace. It does not mean we become men. It just, we need to learn new skills, leadership skills. Anyway, so that was this conversation around the dinner table um, with my team and I'm looking at them and we're just sort of brainstorming and, you know, they're all thin, like size two, size four. <laughs> Most of them are petite and it, and I, and I'm queen sized. And all of a sudden it was just like, cause you know, weight is also one of those things that people, you know, get hung up about. Right. And it was like petite to queen. So that was how it came about. And that was the reasoning why. And it was so that uh, we could just embrace everyone with uh, respect, dignity, and um, you know, just, you know, just love. I love that. The respect, dignity of 
regardless of your size, race, gender, whatever, you know, everyone brings value to the table. And I love that. (laughs) But let's talk about the leadership and women, because you say you teach people how to tap into their inner tigress, um, have self-assurance, all these things that I love because, you know, I have been told in my career that, oh, you know what, you're, you're too, um, direct. And I'm thinking, why is that a problem? Because, you know, if men are like that, they're hard chargers, they're great. But when women are like that, there's a problem. So let's talk about the women in leadership and let's educate people on what's going on, really. Oh, yeah. No, there's a double-edged sword and uh, it's uh, pretty wicked and you have to definitely walk that that sword. Um, but there are things that um, it, it just, it's there. And of course, when you're also a woman of color, uh, <laughs> just pile it on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you me know. about it. <laughs> so, um, but there are, you know, when you still come to that table that with that confidence that you are an equal of equal stature and, you know, you push your shoulders back, you look them in the eye. Body language is so important, you know, and that you are a powerful individual and that, that you come with that dignity and respect for them. And you cannot, um, you know, manage their behavior in that sense, but you can manage your own. And if someone is acting inappropriately or aggressively, you know, what I have found, I mean, I know I was in a situation once where I had someone like yelling at me and I remained calm, you know, and I would not escalate my voice, but I would recall what would respond calmly and rationally. And I would take that moment to pause and then respond. And, you know, it was, and then, I, you know, I did at that point, there was a point where I said, you know, this is not a conductive, conducive conversation. And, you know, I think we need to step back and go ahead and you know, readdress this in a few hours. And I, because this was a, my actually boss and I walked out of the room, you know, I just left the meeting. And so, uh, but he did calm down. Uh, and, uh, and, and he was angry at the situation, but he was acting completely unprofessionally in the sense of taking his anger out on me. And that's something that you see happen a lot. And the thing is that with whether it's uh, another person or your supervisor, you can either get all hurt and hurt feelings and upset about it, or you can look at, well, why, what was the trigger that was going on with this behavior? You know, because something occurred within the organization that they're managing that shouldn't have happened. And they're angry at that situation completely inappropriate and unprofessional to take it out on you. Um, But because I maintained my dignity and walked away, when we came back to the conversation, he started by apologizing. Because then he had had a moment, and I never rubbed it in his face. I just went, I understand this is a difficult situation, and it's really unfortunate that it happened. But let's work together to find a solution. I've come up with a number of ideas on how we can tackle this. So it was a way to, you know, get back on track. And there are times that 
someone, their behavior is just so, is so egregious that, you know, there's not a heck of a lot you can do. Um, and the best thing is either bring in another person to be present at those meetings, um, you know, involve, you know, your, your champion within the organization. There's a lot of different tactics you can use. Uh, you know, you can do your very best to avoid them. But um, I know that I worked with a woman who was a bully. I, she was um, absolutely the worst. <laughs> I called her the wicked witch of the, <laughs> the, the West <laughs> for good reason. And, um, but one of the things that I found is that I made sure that I pretty tried to avoid one-on-one -on -one meetings with her as much as possible. And I would bring someone else into the meeting for a reason. Like we need to make sure we capture everything that needs to occur. And her behavior was much better in those cases. And also um, because I knew about how, what her behavior was, I also made sure I was completely um, involving other people in what was going on, but in a, not a way of a tattletale, but just that I want you to be aware that this is what we're working towards and this is why, so that they were in the loop. Because one of her things that she loved to do was to just not only push you in front of the bus, but I mean, she's taking a run and shove. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so when knowing that, um, I would, I was keeping everyone else in the loop and would be on a team meeting and she would do that someone else would always speak up for me and say, well, Lynn's been keeping us informed about this the whole time. And this is my understanding. And then she would back down. So, but it was incredibly stressful working for this woman. <laughs> um, the other thing that I would recommend is if you get into that kind of really downward spiral, spiral I don't want this to be a downer conversation either, <laughs> but um, whenever you have that conversation, make sure you respond back in writing, in an email, this is what we talked about. This, these are the action items I'm taking. And then CC appropriate people. Now, once again, you're not, uh, it, 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 there's a method to this. So if you're working with, you know, additional staff that reports up through you, they need to know what you're going to be doing and why. But it involves other people. And that's a very successful way to manage that. And so that you make sure that you keep everything in writing. Um, so that, you know, you can cover yourself. I mean, un unfortunately, there are some people out there that are like that. And um, whether they're men or women, and uh, one of the hardest thing for women is that we take things like that personally, um, instead of this is business, business is business, it's a work situation. Uh, and in fact, she was actually a lovely person outside of the office, <laughs> you know, um, but <laughs> I know, yeah. but it's, it's responding to that in that setting. And then how do you do that with grace um, and composure so that you can, you know, as they say, you know, get over a rough road as quickly and easily as possible. <laughs> Lynn, you know, what you just said was so profound and it has so much wisdom to it. Um, how did you get to that point of being so wise? And I see that's the the title of your book, Practical Wisdoms at Work. And what have you gone through to get to to get to know to be that wise? Because, you know, when you were talking about the, the boss that was yelling at you and you remain calm, then I'm thinking, yeah, that probably would have taken me some time. And, but you know what? And I think a lot of people do, they push you because they want to see you react 
And then when you do oh, yeah. it, yeah, some people, so, I mean, literally they get off on that. I, yeah. I, I just, I don't know what their deal is. Yeah. But. They, they, they want to see you react. And then when you don't, it disappoints them. And it's funny because you were talking about your wicked witch of the West. I had a wicked witch of the West too, uh, <laughs> supervisor. And, and yours was the East. Mine was the West. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> and, and same thing. I mean, she was out to get me. I mean, I mean like trying to fire me, you know, just anything. And, and I was just like, what, what is her issue? It's like, she would pick like, oh, you put a comma in the wrong place. And, oh, let me, you know, let me write this and take, and I was just like, wow. For the first time in my life, I got a subpar performance review and it was from her. And I was just looked at it and she, she was expecting the fight from me because when she gave it to me, she, she was, you know, I could see her like sweating and shaking. And I just politely pushed it back across the desk. And I said, I'm not signing that. And she looked at me and she was like, well, you have to say, no, I don't have to. And I'm not signing that. But she was so shook up and she was so ready. I guess she was ready for me to just go ballistic and I didn't do it. So in your experience and being that leader, how do you how do you get to that point and what has taught you how to remain composed with your dignity? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and I'm going to tell you, I made some cringeworthy mistakes uh, early in my career, and you learn from those mistakes. And, you know, so one of the things is that because I was in sales, um, basically right after graduate school, I went into to professional sales, which was just that, you know, a story into itself. But uh, because I was in sales, I had to learn how to negotiate. I had to learn how to deal with difficult people because they were my clients. And if I wasn't able to successfully manage that, I wasn't going to get the next order. <laughs> um, it, I needed to constantly be uh, doing my very best to uh, foster a good relationship um, and then literally be sort of this middle person between our manufacturing and then the client. So that, you know, it was like I was a constant negotiator between the two to make sure everybody was happy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, um, but, you know, I just literally had to learn those skills on the job. And I, I think the number one thing is that my core value is to be of service. And because of that, because I loved helping people, uh, sales was a natural place for me to go. I wasn't like some crazy extrovert. Um, in fact, I loathed networking for the first two decades. I mean, just loathed it. Um, and so one of the things, though, it, it just why I loved sales was because I could take care of something for somebody else that they never had to think about again. They just knew it was going to be handled and it was going to be done correctly and that it would deliver on time and it was off their plate. And if I could do that one thing for them, take care of that one thing, I had made their world a little bit better. So it was my way of literally giving them a, a gift of uh, peace of mind. Wow. That's, that's great. Now, who do you help when you're helping um, these people to be self-assured and to tap into that inner tigress? Who exactly are your, your clients that you work with? Yeah. So most of my business now is, uh, is B2B. So I work with small companies um, anywhere from um, I mean, some are really small, um, but it's not uncommon that they have 50 to even up to 2000 employees. And then I work with them on their sales programs. 
And, uh, you know, we have a really great sales training program that no matter how experienced you are in sales, there's things that you forgot or things that you forgot to keep doing. Um, and so you have aha moments in every session. And um, so we provide um, the one-on-one or, well, one-to-many <laughs> because often there's multiple salespeople in a session and then, you know, our team and then every session has exercises and worksheets that, that we expect them to complete before the next session because everything builds upon itself. And at the same time, we also provide additional resources that they can tap into. So like a podcast that they can listen to while they're commuting. Uh, and so that when they, and as they work through the program, um, the businesses that we work for, they start seeing an uptick in their sales and the sales performance within the first few sessions. And um, because it's a 12 week sessions, there's really strong retention. So what they, it's not just a boost in sales that lasts for that, uh, uh, you know, a week or a month, it's actually sustained long-term. It's a completely new processes that they're learning that they can, uh, it, it just, they can just keep using it. It's like the Energizer Bunny. It keeps going. And so that's what's really special is uh, creating that sustainable success because all of these businesses have something to offer their clients and that, that they need. You know, and that's a really important service, product or service. And um, so it's just helping them get that out there more effectively. Wow. Great. I mean, love it, love it, love it. And you mentioned podcast, which you have one as well. And yes, it's called and you're going to Cla- be on our show. <laughs> I am. And I'm so excited. It's called Claim Your Career Crown. Tell me about that. And I've listened to a couple episodes, but you tell the listeners. (laughs) Well, we cover three core topics for life, at work, and in sales. So we've all heard my philosophy that everyone needs to have sales training, especially women. Um, And also, you don't have a life if you don't have things outside of work. So I can tell you from personal experience, when you're on your deathbed, you don't say, gosh, if only I'd finished that other proposal at work. And if only I had gotten this project done, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen. Okay. So it's like all to make yourself a whole person, you know, you have to have life outside of work, you know, family and friends, activities, things that you care about. And so, um, that's why we come at it with those three topics and, uh, so that people can grow through the podcast and same thing, every episode, if you can walk away with one aha moment and apply that today, you're going to make your life that much better by doing that one thing today and then repeating it the next day and the day after. And soon you'll have learned a new habit. So true. And you talk about everyone should have sales training. Tell me how sales training can help a person in just life in general. We're not even talking about um, clients, just in life in general. How do you think those skills can help a person? Absolutely. Well, first, you know, negotiating. Think about that. We're you know, negotiate for a raise or you need to negotiate uh, to get your ideas incorporated into the programming of a new product. So at you're constantly negotiating every day. 
And so that's a powerful skill that you learn out of sales training. Um, networking, which as I told you, I loathed for so long, but creating genuine relationships that will last throughout your career, throughout your life, they are invaluable that you have this this wealth of resources that you can tap at any time and say, I have a question. You might be able to help me answer. And that they are ready and willing to pick up the phone, email you back, text you, you know, whatever it happens to be, leave the voicemail on the LinkedIn app, you know, whatever it happens to be. And that will last throughout your career and it will help you in all kinds of different ways. You know, that when you've created those types of relationships, who knows who knows who, and you're up for a new promotion and someone says, oh, you know, I worked with her on that project and we've maintained our connection on LinkedIn. It was years ago, but she was top notch. She's just great. You can't go wrong with putting her in this position. Those are the types of things that have so much more impact that you can't even measure um, that type of word of mouth and direct testimonial that happens behind the scenes in the moment. And so building those relationships um, is something that you learn in sales because if you don't build a strong relationship, you're not going to get any business. People don't want to do business with people they don't like. (laughs) You know, that is so true. And it's funny because we were talking before we went live about LinkedIn and how people do it wrong. And yes, and I can, you probably have stories just as I do. But one of the things that made you stand out to me was you left me a voice message on LinkedIn. And I said, wow, no one has ever done that. So I reciprocated by doing the same thing. But it's so funny because I have people that say, oh, you know, they want to connect with me. And I'm okay, sure. And the first thing out of their mouth is, um, you want to buy this or I can help you with this. And, I, and I'm like, I don't even know you. <laughs> Yeah, let's you know, get married and have kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the equivalent, right? It's like, and then I had this like a couple of guys that constantly, like every week, they're pinging me like, "Oh, do you need this in your business?" And I'm like, "Dude, I don't even know you. You know, how about you know, hold a conversation with me? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the things that people do wrong on LinkedIn and just networking in general. What do you see? <laughs> <laughs> well. You know, the first thing, that example that you gave, that that's the number one thing. It's just a kiss of death. Um, because unless someone is, you know, desperate, you know, or desperate for attention, you're not, you're, you just, you just wasted that connection. I mean, you just went and just threw it in the garbage, you, may, you know, honestly. So whatever effort and time it took to get the connection, you just tossed it in the garbage. So, you know, it, you were better off doing nothing. (laughs) Um, So the first thing is you absolutely have to come at it with worthy intent that it's not about what you can get out of them or sell to them. It's how can you be of service and you, and that you do genuinely want to get to know this other individual. And if at some point in time it conspires that you can do business together, great but that's not your initial motivation and it shouldn't be because right. you know linkedin is still a social channel i realize it's for work and a business but it's a social channel and you want to create those connections and you want to do that like i said with worthy intent 
So mm-hmm. when you pursue that, and the great thing is, is finding something out about the other person. And I know that, uh, you know, right now we're not doing the events and stuff, but when I was doing the events, um, I would always start with asking them if you could be anywhere else, you know, right now, where would you be and who would you be with? And you'd be, you know, somebody could say, oh, I'd be up, I'd be hiking in Yosemite with my best buddy. And you go, okay, cool. Where do you like to go? Do you have a specific, you know, and, and it, all of a sudden there's a world of conversation that opens up as something that they care about, that they're passionate about. And it's like peeling the onion, right? Each layer starts to come off and you get to know them. And you then through that conversation, you discover like, oh my gosh, you really like going to the Sequoia National Park. I've been there. This is my favorite area. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, and all of a sudden there's all the conversation around that, right? And so you'll find common ground through that. And then you'll say, you know what? I just went and there's this new restaurant that's outside, blah, blah, blah. And it's really great. I'll send you the link to the restaurant's website. So then you give them service. You have not asked them for anything. You've given them something that they can use. That's a value to them. Mm-hmm. And so those are the types of things that you start that conversation. Um, you notice when they're posting things and you you make a real comment, not just, oh, this right. is great. You know, thanks for posting. It's like, I really liked this, um, Trina, because you pointed out how important it is that businesses recognize that when they're merging their systems, that they need to look at these, you know, X, Y, Z details so that they don't end up with a, a situation that goes sideways on them. And so you actually add some kind of content and detail into why you liked the post because people are going to see that. And then they're going to go, oh, wow. I mean, they actually said something. They actually right. said something that means something to me. Right. <laughs> just say, oh, this is great. Thanks. Oh, I love right. what you're doing. Yeah actually commenting on what they did. And I also use that the same way at events, you know, when the speakers were there, I would wait till afterwards to introduce myself and I would repeat back to them something that they had said that I found really valuable. You know, I loved what you said about looking at this from this perspective, because that way, you know, you can bring the, you know, the other party in much quicker so that, that you can find a solution, you know, I'm just spitballing here, so Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. probably doesn't even make any sense. But the 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 speaker immediately was like leaning in, like, "Yeah, you know, this is so important." And they were off and running, right? Right. And even if they were really busy, they're like, "I got to run to something." But later, you could say, "Hi, you know how I, you know, I wanted to uh, retouch on that conversation because I'd like to, I'd like you to tell me more." And then, oh oh, yeah, I remember you. You know, Mm -hmm. there could be. 20,000 people at this event, but I remember you. (laughs) Right. And then the same thing when you remind them, when you're connecting with them on LinkedIn, we met at your session. I really like what you said about this. And I'm really enjoyed our conversation we had the next day. It'd Mm -hmm. be great to connect here. And so you're giving them a reason why you're connecting with them. Right. And when you're following up with them, you're, you provide value. You're not after them for anything. And the whole goal is to drive them to ask you, well, you know, what do you do? You know, uh, how, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, tell me more, tell me more about you. Yeah. I mean, 
I love that. And I love what you said about when you went to events, how you ask people, you know, if you could be anywhere else, where would you be? Because that's a great conversation starter. I've gone to those uh, meetup networking events and it just, it made my head hurt because everybody's there. They want to pass out a card and what you do, what do we, and it's like, oh my goodness. It's like, you, you almost feel like you're in a race to go pass out a business card. And I just stopped going to them because I'm like, you know, it really is not networking. It's like, who can sell the most and get their card out the most. So yeah, yeah but then, I mean, then they don't even follow up, you know, right. come on. Exactly. I mean, if you go to these events and the, and all the weather, whatever it is, and it can be a local, um, you know, event that one of the business organizations puts on, it's a luncheon and they have a speaker, et cetera. Um, all of those things. Uh, what's so ironic is that uh, probably 90% at least of the people never follow up you know, in any way. But what I found is that when you go with that genuine intent, you're going to make one genuine connection, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it, that's, you know, that's really priceless. And that's what it's all about. It's not about handing out how many business cards can you hand out on the business card dash. <laughs> <laughs> that all go in the trash <laughs> bin afterwards. I mean, you know, exactly. come on. Exactly. And that's how it feels. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it drives me crazy. And it's funny because I talked to someone before and we were talking similar about this, the same thing about LinkedIn and how people approach it wrong. And he was saying, he said, yeah, he's like, I've had people to inbox me and don't even get my name correctly. He's like, so I immediately just delete them. He said, because, you know, my name is John and they'll say, hey, Bob. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, I've had that too. So it's it's amazing to me. And I would rather you not say anything at all. Just say, hey, do you want to connect with me? And if you look saying, okay, okay, I'll connect. But when you go into this whole, you know, <laughs> hey, Lisa, you know, saw you on the show. And I'm like, no, my name is not Lisa. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, no. because if you make a mistake like that, everybody does, you can easily fix it. You can go in and edit your, your message and also <laughs> it's fixed. So, oh yeah. And, and then of course, like if you ask a question or, or respond to their sales pitch and, you know, I kill them with kindness, you know, thank you, but you know, um, and then they respond back with the same thing again. It's right. like, okay, so this is this some automaton right. or somebody overseas. It's just, this is not real. Yes, exactly. And it just, it, it is amazing to me, but I want to talk about your book. Cause I love, I, like I told you, I love the title practical wisdoms at work. So tell us some of the things that's in the book and what made you write it. Cause I see you, you're a co-author on this book, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, <laughs> the book is really written for young women who are entering the workplace, who've been in the workplace for five or 10 years. And it's, and I call it practical wisdoms because this is none of this is like rocket science, but it's all things that they haven't even thought of. Like, Oh my gosh, I haven't really thought about, you know, like we were talking about early business is business. Don't take it personally. You know, I mean, or they thought about it, but they haven't had some stories that back it up. Like, this is why. And so all the way through the book, we have little vignettes, little stories that illustrate specific um, points within each chapter. And it's really about that journey that you go on in your career to expand your career and widen your horizons and your opportunities. And it's a quick read. It's a super quick read. And one of the things that we did, which is really sort of fun, 
um, we have a Spotify playlist for every chapter uh, so that, you know, when you're working out or you're on your commute, you can sort of get inspired um, with the music um, to go along with the, the chapter that you just read. Wow, that's that's pretty swanky there. Now, <laughs> is that now you can get it in print and audible? Yeah, so it's not, we don't actually have an audible version currently, and it's it's like on the list. You know the list. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, there, there's the Kindle version. We have a, a printed version, and um, of course, you can get it on our website for free. So uh, the the ebook version, and then it's on whatever ebook type reader you have, so you can get that. And uh, with your your email address. <laughs> Yes. You can get the book, um, but it's it's actually a great book. I've had a lot of people uh, tell me that they love giving it to young women who are either graduating from high school or college. That they think oh. it's just a great read for them, and uh, so that's 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 wonderful. Wow! Yeah, I'm put making a note for that. You know, for young women because that is that's always I'm always looking at books and um, I love it. And I have a teenage daughter, so I like trying to give her stuff like that as well. <laughs> like, here, read this. And she's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, um, you'd probably be reading it and you'll be nodding your head a lot. So, um, and uh, that that's one of the things that I have, uh, you know, women who've been working for a while, they, they just, they tell me, oh my gosh, you know, I just was nodding my head through the whole book. It was, and yet someone, I've had women who've been in the workplace for quite a while and come back and say, this one chapter really helped me. I was so stuck. And I couldn't even see what was going on. But then after I read this chapter, I went ahead and I said, okay, I'm going to take these steps. I'm going to do this. And my whole situation got so much better mm. because I followed that advice. So that's, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had a book like that when I started my career. I know. There was, <laughs> there was so much <laughs> exactly. I didn't know. That's why I wrote the book was because, I mean, I wish I'd had that when I started. Yeah, I mean, and and that's how it usually goes. But I'm thinking, yeah, out of all the mistakes and stuff I made or situations I were in and I didn't know what to do, how to do it. I wish I had something like that that I could have picked up and, you know, read and said, OK, here's some steps. I'm going to try this. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And there's so many things because you get in these situations, you don't even know who to ask at work. Um, or you're not comfortable asking someone at work. Um, but our site has tons and tons of advice and on every kind of topic and a great search engine. So whatever it is you're looking for, just type it in, you know, like I type in networking or type in negotiation and a whole bunch of content's going to come up that you can go through. Wow. So Lynn, we're going to get into our question portion. Are you ready? I'm ready for the speed questions. <laughs> All right. All right. Who or what motivates you? Wow. Um, who or what motivates me? Uh, I am motivated by kindness. I am motivated by um, people who um, rise above and do the right thing. Hmm. What demotivates you? <laughs> I would say uh, people who are narcissistic and they're only in it for themselves and they don't give a flying flip for anyone else. Mm. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Well, my goodness. 
Um, I would definitely, I mean, I alluded to that, that, uh, you know, that issue with that person who, uh, the boss and who later apologized and we ended up having a great relationship Mm. and, but he also knew he couldn't, uh, he couldn't pull that crap on me ever again. And so I actually came out stronger for that and he has, how he viewed me, um, was different. Uh, I was viewed as an equal with equal stature after that. So Hmm. Hmm. what is your fear? Oh my goodness. Um, I guess my fear would be, you know, at this point would be losing my daughter, you know, just Mm -hmm. having gone through that kind of death. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) Oh, I I guess. Yes. When my husband was um, before he was diagnosed, um, I wish I had gone to uh, some of his doctor's appointments then to be more aggressively being his advocate then early when it could have made a difference. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? <laughs> oh man. I, Oh, <laughs> oops. I just, I have some real cringeworthy memories. So uh, my biggest cringeworthy memory is uh I was at an event in Tokyo um, with business leaders, business owners who had come in for this. And, you know, I'm talking like I'm just hot stuff, you know, and I'm, you know, like, oh man, we do all this stuff and we've got this much that we're doing in sales every year and, and we're just doing great. Looking back, it was, um, you know, I just, you know, Eh, you know, I put my foot in my mouth and then I stuffed the other one in there, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, you do get to that point in your career, I think, where you're having, you're being successful and you forget to be humble. And it was an important lesson to learn, be learned. Cause like within a few days, I realized how much these companies were selling on an annual basis. And I was so mortified. And it was a good lesson to learn that, you know, you should always be humble. And, uh, and I had forgotten that. So luckily not for a long period of time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What is your definition of success? Oh, you know, my definition of success is to be able to live your passion. So for me, my passion is being of service and helping others. So, and you can do that in so many different ways. Um, But definitely doing that so that every morning you are excited to get up and say, there are so many things I get to do today. Yes. So how do you recharge? Man, I, uh, I do uh, walks. I like to take a walk with my daughter. Um, We do a lot of different walks this weekend. We did a little 1.5 1.5 million uh, mile, not million, <laughs> just a really oh, wow. real walk. Um, and, uh, but I like to do uh, walks just because I like to be out in the trees and the fresh air, the flowers, whatever, the little bunnies scuttling by. Um, it just, that gives me a different setting and I'll let my mind wander and I find it to be really helpful. If I get like, seriously, I'm stressed or something like 
I feel like if I take a break and I, we have a park that's really close and I can do this 20 minute little trail walk and it really just relaxes me. It makes me think in a different way. And, uh, that's what that really recharges my batteries. Mm. What are you awesome at? <laughs> well, you know, um, one of my awesome at well, that's all. <laughs> I to, um, I would say that uh, I I know that I was a great salesperson. I mean, I closed multi million dollar deals with huge corporations, um, and uh, I'm really good at uh, uh, thinking through processes and developing a process map and a plan for how you're going to tackle something. And by doing the planning and preparation first, now, you know, right there, you just 80% success because you know what you're going to do and you've anticipated things, you've planned for things, you looked at it at a higher level. And uh, so everything goes smoothly. You just invest the time up front and uh, you know, the hiccups that come along are easy to easy peasy. Mm. What legacy do you want to leave? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say that I just, you know, want to be remembered as having been a happy, fun person who was, you know, giving and loving. That's awesome. So you have given us so many gems during this this podcast interview, but give the listeners one more motivational takeaway. I would recommend that you start with an affirmation. So whatever it is that you feel like you can't do. um, So one of the things that I felt like I couldn't do was um, do these video interviews without scripts or without massive rehearsal. Um, You know, it's like, I'm not an actress. I can't do this. But I wrote myself an affirmation that I can learn how to do this and I will get better every time. And so by saying that affirmation every morning when you get up, the other one that I did, I sort of alluded to, I wake up and I say, there are so many things I get to do today because no matter what's on your plate, you still get to do them. It's not, I have so many things I have to do today. That's just like a downer. Wow. So Lynn, tell the listeners how they can connect with you, how if they want to do business with you and tell us about that awesome website that you were talking about where you can go in and and find (laughs) resources. Yeah. So our website is petite to the digit to queen.com. And uh, we have all kinds of resources. Um, You can connect with us on social media. You can connect with me on LinkedIn there. Um, And then our our B2B sales program is Future Forward Sales. And um, and that's, uh, we don't really, that's all really one-on-one selling. So if you're interested in that sales plan for your, for, to learning more, um, just email me, send up a balloon, <laughs> message me on LinkedIn uh, so that we can schedule a time to talk about it and see if it's the right fit for you. Great. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for being on Trina Talk. I had a blast. Hopefully, once it's safe to go out in the world again, maybe we can meet up because you do. You sound like a, a really fun person. I think I will enjoy um, being around you. So it's it's really been great. Thank you. Yeah, we got to do that. At some point, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when whenever it's safe again is right now. 
If you like Trina Talk Podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination.